Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number six now of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We got Jace back on here, Max, and we actually have a special guest this week, our first guest of the podcast. Everybody welcome in Kev Kukla. Yeah, round of applause for the homeboy. Fantasy insider. Uh, and he's the Dynasty Monarchy Scout, from what I hear. Long shot scout. Great to be yeah. on. Appreciate uh, being number one guest. Uh, looking forward to talking some fancy football, some dynasty, and let's go ahead and get it rolling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get started, I do want to talk about Monday night. The game was really good. I thought it was going to be a, a lot like closer just by the way that it started. But the Peyton and Eli broadcast, I feel like I'm I'm on a different planet when when they're mm-hmm. in the booth talking. Uh, Kevin Kevin and I were talking right beforehand about uh, what Peyton Manning was saying the other day. You want to talk about that, Kev? Yeah. So. He was talking about um, when he would play on the road in New England at Gillette and how he thinks that uh, Belichick bugs the visitor's locker room. So he said that (laughs) when he went to talk to his receivers uh, at halftime, before the game, after the game, um, he'd wait until they hopped in the shower. And then uh, that's when he would go. (laughs) That's just like a little creepy to me. That That was one one of the highlights. He's talking to his receivers like in the shower right, just, when they're like naked. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't like the vibes I get from that one. No, I mean we knew that he was uh tight with his boy Marvin Harrison and the guys. So I, I just didn't know that they were that tight. You know, you got Cooper Cup eating breakfast with Maddie Stafford, but I mean this is, you know, all kinds of levels below taking a shower with the homies in the game. So uh, you know, I'm all for it, man. Whatever it takes to be a Hall of Famer, I guess. Yeah, man. Let's all that we can hope is that there were curtains up at some point, like the college showers. Uh, but we have a really good show for you. Again, thanks for the support on episode number five, everybody. Uh, overwhelming support, getting a lot of support from our European guys, our, our Canadian guys, all the guys on Reddit and 4chan, uh, and all of our families, too, for supporting. And there are some people out there that aren't even our families that support. So if you, are, if you are a supporter of the podcast and all of us here, we just want to say thank you again. Uh, we have boom bust of course every week uh and then we're going to go over a little bit of trade uh dilemmas and scenarios based on your team position so we have like a rebuilder who we're trying to eye up and trade targets right now more competitors and those people kind of in the middle where you're trying to go with your team moving forward with the way that our players have been playing this uh these past couple weeks uh so we are going to get started into the boom bust and i'm going to let our honored guest kev take it away first for his boom of the week awesome i appreciate it so boom of the week for me um one of the most electric receivers in the league already he's only played two games uh, but in my opinion you know coaching staff uses him perfectly Um, he knows how to play his role he's a nice security blanket and he has that yak that ability to run after the catch and that's going to be rondale moore rookie for the arizona cardinals So this last week, he had seven catches on eight targets for 114 yards, and he scored that long touchdown. And that was good for 24.4 PPR points or 20.9 half PPR points. 
And what really got me was um, DeAndre Hopkins only saw an 11.8% target share this week. Um, so that, that was his single lowest target share from uh, last week, last year, week nine, all the way until this week. Um, and, and I'm so high on this Arizona offense, you know, Arizona offense to the moon, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, they got it rolling. I think he can slot in right away as a nice flex spot, um, especially in a PPR league with all the targets he's been seeing. Um, and especially as we're going forward closer to hitting bye weeks, uh, more injuries. Like if you were starting Jarvis Landry in either a receiver spot or a flex spot, you can slot Rondell Moore um, in today and he's going to perform, in my opinion, even higher than what a Jarvis Landry would have got you. So um, just to go through some of the peripheral numbers on Rondale Moore. So he had his pro day on March 23rd of this year. He weighed in at five foot seven, 181. He ran a four, three, two, 40, and he has a 42 and a half inch vertical. So this man can elevate. Um, he's um, ball in space. That's what they did at Purdue. Um, big Ohio state fan here. <laughs> so I've seen this man just, catch the ball and run. That's what he does. He is electric in the open field. That's what got him uh, drafted where he did by Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, great college mind. Uh, he has a plan for this offense and Rondell Moore is going to be a huge part of that offense. So one of the big stats that hit me um, through this week is he leads all Cardinals in targets through two weeks. He has 13 targets through two games. DeAndre only has 12. So, um, Kyler Murray's looking for Rondell Moore as his security blanket around the line of scrimmage. When the play breaks down and he's got, you know, third and two, fourth and short, he's looking for Rondell Moore short. Sure, he's looking for DeAndre for the bomb, you know, the Hail Murray. Um, but in that short intermediate range, he's looking for Rondell Moore. So he played 21 snaps in week one. He ran 15 routes on those snaps and he was targeted five times. So that's a third of the routes that he's run, he's being targeted on. And the same thing in week two, he went from 21 snaps in week one to 28 snaps in week two. He increased from 15 routes run to 24 routes run, and he increased from five targets to eight targets. So eight targets on 24 routes run on week two, that's again, one third of the routes run he's getting targeted on. And that might not seem like an elite number, but that's huge. And he's run 37 snaps from the slot compared to nine out wide. And he's actually had two snaps from the backfield as well. Um, so they, they pretty much have their um, foundation of DeAndre out wide, Rondale in the slot, and then they're going to throw Kirk around a little bit here and there. Um, but they know exactly what Rondale wants to do. And that's going to be that short intermediate guy who can catch the ball in open space and make some plays. And then the last stat I have on him here, is that in week one, he played 29% of those offensive snaps. Already in week two, that shot up to 46%. So I expect that to increase even further um, as we go along, especially as, you know, Kyler and uh, Rondale continue that relationship, um, get used to throwing and catch. So I'm really high on Rondale Moore rest of the season. Just to do a little story time, Kevin and I had, we had class, I was in high school, so it was like six years ago, and Kev was showing me Tyreek Hill highlights, and he's like, you know, man, like, 
this guy is going to be the next big thing. Like, look at his separation, this, this, and that. I was like, you know, like, I'll trust you. And, like, I think that was, like, Kev's first year in the league or whatever. And ever since then, I've always looked for to Kev for, like, those deep sleepers and stuff. And he's been huge on Rashad Bateman. He's been huge on all these rookies and stuff. And, Jace, I actually know you're pretty big on Rondell Moore as well. So I'll mm. let you kick us off with Rondell Moore. My only concern, I guess, to go off of what Kev said, it's just that, like, I feel like in college – he can never stay on the field. He can never stay healthy. So it's like he's so small, and, yeah, he's like one of those gadget guys kind of, but I just worry about his long-term, like, ability to stay healthy and stuff like that. But, Jace, you're an Arizona native, so you kick us off and you can touch on that. Yeah, so with Rondale Moore, the, the thing that, that I keep going back to was his age when he broke out in college. I mean, he was 18 years old um, as a freshman at Purdue and broke off um, – more than 1200 yards and um, 12 touchdowns and the dude's just like an absolute playmaker just like Kev said like the dude gets the ball in his hands and like you know anything can happen from that point on that's why that seven I mean granted he was wide open on that big long touchdown but any given day he's two moves away from another long bomb so kind of like Kev was saying like uh, this dude's putting up 20 points in PPR like without even playing half of the snaps. So if this trend continues and he keeps getting up there and maybe he can get up to like the 80 plus percentage of snaps. And I think um, Cliff is doing a really good job of just scheming him up and just getting the ball in his hands quick. Um, So if this is their true wide receiver too, this is a fast paced offense and he's a fast paced guy. So it's a perfect fit. So um, I think you probably got to go get him now in dynasty because I think the price really is just going to continue to like skyrocket week after week. Yeah. Uh, really quick, two seconds. Uh, I'll do my little touching point on Mr. Moore. He's very good, very young, and he's going to be tied to Kyler Murray for a foreseeable future outside of a, you know, knock on wood, terrible injury to Kyler Murray. I don't see him moving out of Arizona ever. Uh, mm-hmm. They will hold on to that young man forever and he's going to be tied there for the next four years on his rookie deal. So just grab him. Uh, Hopkins is getting older. That tail is going to come sooner or later, but I say that every week about him and he just keeps showing up. Right. But uh, sooner or later, time does come for us all, even Tom Brady one of these days. So I would buy now before he blows up like crazy. So sure. you speak about buying now. I want to ask all you guys while before we move on, what would you pay to acquire Rondell Moore in a dynasty league? Like, are we, like, are we talking first round pick? Are we talking a player like Cortland Sutton? You guys give me each one of your own examples. For one quarterback league? Yeah. I'd probably give up a late first. Like, if you know the guy's going to have a late first. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah, be I feel the same way. early firsts. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of feel the same way. I'd try to give up a late first, but I'd preferably, since it's so early, I'd try to give up multiple seconds if I could just to kind of avoid that first round pick. Cause I don't believe he was a first round pick in uh, previous rookie drafts. So I think um, I believe he went in the third round in our, our dynasty league that we're going to be talking about later. So I try to get away from paying that first round capital, but I don't know, a guy like Cortland Sutton, like in my head, like if you're trying to compete later, like, I think that's a pretty good example. Um, I think that would be a viable trade that I would be, I could be easily convinced to make for sure. Yeah, I would say it depends on your receiver room. If you got a young receiver room, I probably wouldn't spend a first because I would probably want to spend that first on a different position. 
Um, but if I have some guys that are aging, you know, 26, 27, we talk about that age kind of being um, where the running backs fall off. Receivers mm-hmm. tend to be a little bit later. Um, so if I have guys who are up there 28, 29, 30 years old, I'd be willing to give up, um, like you said, a late first um, to get that that youth and that um, that burst into sure. my lineup. Because that's not only going to help me this year, uh, he's going to be um, very career as long as he's tied with Kyler. For sure. Yeah, so with that being said, we're going to move on from our – obvious rookie spotlight i think all of us are uh, infatuated with mr moore out of arizona uh but we're gonna move on to max's boom of the week who seems to be a familiar face around these parts <laughs> it's, it's, i think we're doing boom of the year i was uh i was under the impersonation that this is the boom of the century peter and uh this guy's tyler lockett who I mean, coming into the season, I wasn't as high on him as I am now, but after seeing his usage through the first two weeks, I mean, I think you'd have to be a clown not to be high on him. Um, week one. Put the, nose, had, put the red nose on me now then. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're already a clown, Peter. But four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, what Tyler Lockett does best, and, I mean, not many players in the league can do it is he could take the top off a of defense. I mean, we talk about Tyree Kale has the explosion to literally score any play. I feel like any time Russ has the ball, a moonshot could come to Tyler Lockett and they're going to connect on it instantly, right? And so four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. In a full-point league, that's 26 points. And then this week, he even did better. He, that was on five targets, by the way. This week, he had 11 targets and eight catches for 178 yards and a touchdown. I mean, obviously, everyone is drafting DK Metcalf early second round and the late first round. I'm super high on DK Metcalf from a dynasty perspective. But when it comes to win now and being like a Tyler Lockett fanboy, you could put me in the front of the line because him and Russ, he's on my Polar Express. I mean, (laughs) he's first-class tickets. But, I mean, it's the deep ball. He catches almost everything, and it's like – you have this preconceived notion of Tyler Lockett that because he had a bad second half of the year last year, so did DK, by the way, that he's just, oh, he's washed up, he's old like that. But if you switch his first and second half of the year last year, I bet Tyler Lockett would have been drafted so many rounds earlier. And to get Tyler Lockett where you got him in a redraft league or even a dynasty league, I mean, he's going in the fifth, sixth round. I think he's tremendous value. And through the first two weeks, he's the number one wide receiver. Do I think he's going to keep up 26, 30 points a week? No. But I think that, I mean, if I'm a competitor, I was honestly, I was out on Tyler Lockett as a competitor. But now I'm like, you know, maybe I'll try to acquire him. So I would really give up a lot for Tyler Lockett. I mean, I'm talking a first, a second, and a player if I'm really competing. Like, I'm oh. really – oh, I. but you guys got to remember, like – I'm, I am not, oh, my team, I couldn't do that because I have DK, but I'm not as high on picks as you guys are. Like, I know Kevin's more high on picks and stuff. So as a competitor, picks to me, they do me nothing. Whereas Tyler Lockett, if I'm getting 30 points a week to give up a first, second, and like Jarvis Landry, sign me up because that's like a winning week there. So the moonshot tied to Russell Wilson, I love it. Really quick, before anybody gets into this, I just need to give the counterpoint. I really do. It's nothing against you. 
and I think he's a great player. And by any means, am I not saying that you shouldn't go out there and be confident and go get him? It's just we've seen the story so many times, so many times. We've seen the same thing, and it happens every year. He goes on a little run. Oh, my God, Tyler Lockett. You know, just caught a 90-yard bomb. He's the greatest receiver ever. Everybody spends their capital, and then he puts up five, five, eight, and nine the next month. I, I've just seen it too many times. I feel like I'd just rather have other options, more stable options that are consistent than Tyler Lockett. See, like that's I my also, piece on it. I, I thought that way too, Peter. I drafted Tyler Lockett in our redraft league. I got proposed Mike Evans for Tyler Lockett straight up. Basically, I was like, you know. I'd probably rather have Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, so inconsistent. Mike Evans puts up 1,000 yards every year. Well, this week, uh, did that, I mean, Mike Evans had two touchdowns this week, so it worked out. But, I mean, just being in that Seattle offense, that new Seattle offense, I love it. I really do. Yeah, no, I just think um, Tyler Lockett, I'm kind of with Peter. There is definitely going to be some variability with the way he scores, just by the nature of the fact that Seattle does – they do prefer to run the ball, and you have DK Metcalf, who's a touchdown freak and has been a touchdown freak since he's been in the league. So there's going to be a lot of variability. But I do agree with Max. Like I'm willing, if I'm a competitor, I, I'm willing to pay close to the same price because at the end of the day, Tyler Lockett is going to win you weeks. Like hands down, he could be a single player on your roster that will win you a week. And you know the consistency when you look at all the game logs, all you know, lined up and stuff. It looks ugly, but like when the dude puts up 40 points or something like that, wins you a week, like it feels a lot better than what that actually looks like. So yeah, no, I I just think um, that he just signed that four-year deal not too long ago. So he's locked in for the long haul. And, um, you know, I believe in that offense and Russ. So I think they'll continue to cook. I'm going to have to piggyback off of Peter here. Um, Might be my little different perspective as a rebuilding team. But if I have Tyler Lockett, I'm selling now. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like we see this every year. The let Russ cook first half of the season. He looks immaculate. Russ for MVP. Russ for MVP (laughs) um, for the first eight games of the year. Any year, book it. Um, But that Mm -hmm. second half of the season, and it's a lot to do with Pete Carroll and what he wants uh, his offense to look like. It just doesn't end up working out, whether it's uh, DK finally getting going um, or just Russ, he kind of fell off at the second half last year. Um, I just mm-hmm. don't see from a dynasty perspective um, a reason to go out and get Tyler Lockett because like, like we've said, we've seen this before and we've seen him fall off. So I don't want to mm-hmm. spend up to go get that um, with that possibly being over my head. So um, I'm, mm-hmm out on Tyler Lockett and I'd even try and sell now because he's been so elite um been that number two overall wide receiver gotta give that shout out to Cooper Cup um because he's yeah. been electric but yeah. um great segue, Kev. great segue because we have Jace's boom of the week who he has not stopped mentioning the entirety of the podcast Jace yo Dayway. yo Cooper Cup I mean, this guy right now is just going crazy. I mean, you've heard the story about these guys eating breakfast together, but like, dude, I don't know, man. They got to be eating something good that they're just like. Matt Stafford's like a a cookie crisp kind of guy. I I was thinking cereal as well for sure. He's a hundred percent like a sugary cereal guy. Like some frosted flakes, you know. 
some cinnamon oh, oh. <laughs> i was thinking you know maybe they're eating like biscuits and gravy or something like that you know some good comfort food good vibes you know sit down and have a chat over some biscuits and gravy but uh you know this this guy is just a target monster right now um and the the one thing i do have to say right now is I would be trying to sell this guy right now because right now he is truly on the upswing and like no one can find any faults in his game. No one can find any faults in Matthew Stafford. Um, but at the end of the day, I do believe Robert Woods will eventually get his own target share. And I was listening to the CBS podcast and shout out to Dave Richard. Um, he talks about how the Rams, um, it happens quite frequently. They will stick to a game plan until it fails. So right now, uh, he's basically saying that they've been running the same offense for two weeks and that offense happens to feature Cooper cup right now. Um, so things, I mean, someone's got to stop it. Maybe it's Tampa Bay, even though I do think Cooper cup's going to go crazy against them. Um, but I do think Robert Woods will eventually kind of even out that target share a little bit. I don't know about, you know, 10 plus targets a week for this guy, but, um, but I do believe he's just at his peak right now. This is like, best case scenario for him. You know, I don't see him necessarily sitting at this um, for the foreseeable future. So I think if you can go out and um, I'll talk about it later, if you can go get a top young talent in dynasty right now, um, if you can find a competitor out there that has like maybe someone like AJ Brown or something like that on their squad, I'd be, I'd be trying to go after that. And I would just try to lock up like, you know, six, seven, eight more years of production because cup is 28. So um, you do worry a little bit about uh uh, how long, you know, he can sustain this, uh, just from a dynasty perspective. Really quick, Max, before you go, Jace, do you want to talk about the trade you sent out into the ether today that got a little bit of a response? Dude, I actually, when I was talking, I just got declined. Oh, uh, no. I, I know it hurts my heart so bad. So I sent out a trade earlier. I was trying to really sell high, um, to a buddy of ours, shout out to Mike Walko, uh, in the Mike Vrabel dynasty league, but, uh, he's got, Mr. Tyreek Hill. And I figured, you know, shoot or shoot. So I sent over uh, Cooper Cup and Cortland Sutton after Sutton was coming off his big game. And Mike's more of a competitor. Uh, competitor so I thought maybe he'd buy, uh, you know, the hype surrounding Cooper Cup and um, just kind of the depth of Cortland Sutton. So uh, it just got turned down after he considered it for about five hours. I was really sitting on the edge of my, my seat all day, but uh, unfortunately it got declined. So I might have to send some more over there. Wow, that's actually that's not a bad trade for either of you. I know Jace, you approached me today with, I don't know if you're going to offer me more or what you were going to do, but you wanted a Cooper Cup for DK Metcalf. If I didn't have mm -hmm. a man crush on DK Metcalf, then maybe. But mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm surprised Mike turned that down. I mean, Cortland Sutton. I know Kevin's pretty big on Cortland Sutton. Um, he Peter was too last year drafted him like the oh, third round, tore his ACL, but. Him, um, Eckler, my Lev Belden show up. Well, it, was, it was a bad yeah. year. Just don't take <laughs> redraft advice from Peter. Just dynasty advice. But um, I don't know, Jace. That that was not a bad trade for sure. I was kind of shocked that got turned down. On this uh, on this Cooper Cup talk, can you please tell uh, Mr. Stafford? I know you have a close personal relationship with him. Can you tell him to throw the ball to Robert Woods too? That he's hey, still there. He's still there. You know that. Right? No, I gosh, I know. He, yeah, he's Woods. still there. Please, please. I, I got him please. all over the place, man. I got him and Cooper Cup. But uh, unfortunately, I don't know what it is. Robert Woods isn't getting that ball. But kind of like back to what I said earlier, 
I think McVay will adjust once people start kind of adjusting to this offense that they're running and he'll eventually get his target share, but at least he's been finding the end zone, uh, which is definitely encouraging because that was kind of always something that he struggled with in the past. So it's holding him afloat for now. All right. So, uh, Kev, did you have anything to mention on Cooper cup or we already went through that with the, the sell high or was that with Lockett? That was with Lockett. So Cooper cup, I'd probably be in a similar spot that I was with Lockett. You know, whenever you have someone who um, had that ADP, that's low. I like to get, you know, sell at the peak and buy when it's low. Um, I was a big Jonathan Taylor guy last year, about mid-season, um, and hopped on that before he kind of started going off. So. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as I was with Tyler Lockett. So I think, um, obviously if you can get one of those guys, like Jace talked about, if you can get a top young receiver, go for it. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you can send him for a running back, if you need running back depth, um, go for that too. I would do, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Give yeah, me totally. running backs for 28 year old Cooper cup. Yeah. That'd Easily. be ideal. That'd be far more than ideal. Honestly, it, I, the problem with that is God, I feel like everyone right now just has a stranglehold on their running backs and it doesn't matter what size league you're in. I'm in an, uh, an eight team league with some buddies and pulling off a running back trade is like so impossible. And like Javante Williams is sitting on waivers and stuff. Like it, it's unbelievable uh, how hard like these guys hold on to their running backs. So, but if you can pull that off to anybody listening, if you can go get a, a running back from Cooper cup, definitely tweet at the dynasty monarchy and let us see that because that might be a move that we'd be willing to make in our own leagues. Chase, yeah. why don't we make one right now while on the air? Uh, in the dynasty, I mean, in the Mike Rabel league. Yeah. Why not? All right. We can, we can, eye one up possibly we can, eye sure. one up. I'm, I'm after a receiver, but you know, depending on what we got, uh, we uh, I was going to give deal. you, I was going to give you Joe Mixon for Cooper cup. Woo. Shoot. Just straight up. I don't know, Jace. I like Dang. trades. All right. Maybe we'll send some deals over and modify it while we uh, continue on. Always down to yeah, trade, Jason. Don't, you won't don't let him that. pull that away. Don't let it now. Do that Ooh. now. Don't let him pull that away. Cooper Tempting. Cup looks good. Tempting. Got... All right. Got... While while these two are flirting over here <laughs> with their deal, I'll get into my uh, boom of the week. I have Tony Pollard of the – the stars, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh my goodness. What was that? Mm -hmm. I, I watched the game uh, and I just saw the downfall of Zeke. It was, it was sad. It, mm -hmm. he, Zeke don't look the same. Zeke. It's just like, why, why did the Cowboys outside of this boatload of money that they gave him play him over Pollard? Pollard is an absolute monster, and I'm sure a lot of people in your dynasty leagues don't even understand what has happened uh, with Pollard this past weekend or, oh, you know, fluke performance, whatever. Go out there and try to grab a little uh, little bit of him in your leagues. Uh, something that I do want to mention, though, he had 13 rushing attempts against the Chargers, which was 10 more, so more than four times more than the first week he had three rushing attempts in week one he has 13 rushing attempts in week uh two now a lot of people the big thing is oh you know he did all this because of one big trick play that got him to touchdown or whatever 
I don't care. There are signs <laughs> that he is so much better than Zeke. And by, I feel like mid-year this year, the administration is either going to work to a full committee work where Zeke gets half the touches and then Pollard gets half the touches or Pollard will start working out of the backfield in two running back sets. I could absolutely see that and Kellen Moore going crazy in his offensive genius, but I would be gobbling up all the Tony Pollard stock that you can right now because it isn't extremely expensive. You know, he's 24. It could get there sooner or later. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of Pollard. Um, what kind of – I always thought of him as kind of like that backup. You know, when you got a big name like Zeke, there's only so much you can get from another running back on Dallas. But when they start mm-hmm. bringing him in situationally, um, you can see Kellen Moore has plays called for Tony Pollard. This isn't mm-hmm. just a backup running back coming in to spell Zeke anymore. He's a weapon in this offense that they use Mm -hmm. and that Dak relies on to pass out of that backfield to dump down, Um, especially coming off that injury that he had. He's still not 100% rushing. Sure, he'll do it when he has to, but if he can dump it down to a Tony Pollard instead of Mm -hmm. running, um, he's going to do that. So he's a nice flex piece right now and can even slot in as an RB2 depending on your team injury wise and one bye week start. So if you have Tony Pollard, sit tight, um, see what Definitely. can happen. And again, I'm big on trading, um, selling high. So if he starts, you know, getting up there and carries, I don't, I don't know if he'll ever sur- surpass Zeke, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibilities. Um, so I'm definitely in on Tony Pollard. Yeah, no. Uh, one more thing. The dude's got seven targets and seven catches over the past two weeks, and that's off of 24% of the snaps and 34% of the snaps. So, I mean, his, I mean, for how much he's in the game and the targets that he's seeing, like, I mean, we could be just looking at the second coming of Zeke um, here. You know, if they want to turn over their running backs, the next guy is just right there. Uh, no problem. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I just got two quick things before we move into our bus candidates here. Um, but like one, we always talk about if Nick Chubb goes down, like how valuable Kareem Hunt becomes. I mean, if Ezekiel Elliott goes down, I feel like Tony Pollard becomes even more valuable than Kareem Hunt would become mm-hmm. one. Two, I've been really a big fan of playing two running backs on the same team. Um, this past week, I started DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams in a redraft league. And you might think I'm crazy. I mean, but when you got guys like, I mean, I'm sure every one of you would start Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb if you had the opportunity to and if you had to. Whereas, like, if the Browns run the ball or they throw the ball to a running back, you're getting points. And that's what I do with the Lions, who are going to be down, and they throw the ball to the running backs more times than not. So that's why I feel comfortable doing that. But would you, I guess is my question, feel comfortable starting Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott at the one and the two back? Mm. I don't personally, I don't think I'm ready to do that yet until I see that snap percentage get up to get up there closer to a true committee, just because I do worry Dak is going to throw a lot of touchdowns and I don't know how many rushing touchdowns there will necessarily be on the table. Granted, they can catch their own passes, but with the running back, the highest percentage of him or the chance of him getting in the end zone lies on uh, rushing the ball through the tackle. So not yet, but if this snap percentage keeps on 
uh, increasing, um, I think we could definitely get to that point. Absolutely not. Just I'm a fantasy purist. I'm a traditionalist. You can call me whatever you want. Fantasy. I, don't I think make the that playoffs. kickers. Listen, I make the playoffs in my dynasty leagues. That's all that matters. No, but if you want to like, I'm the guy that always votes for the kicker in the defense. I just, I play it old school, right? I kind of like uh, it too. Not going to lie. I, I do, do kind of like it. <laughs> right? The kicker in the defense, it's tradition. And I, that's like taboo Two running backs from the same team. Would you start DK and uh, Tyler Lockett in the same game? Oh my gosh, yes. No, hundred percent. Never. I think I, would I might. Never in a million years. Peter, you would start Amari Cooper and you would start CD Lamb. You'd start Chris Godwin. No, you'd start Mike Evans. You would start no, all these guys. I would trade them. I would trade them. Like if I had to, and I couldn't get a trade partner, of course. But oh, I would like never. You, you, I would never put that upside. Like cap my upside like that. But I don't look at it like that. Like I guess it's a different scenario in Dallas because they have the receivers. But, like, in Detroit, there's literally no one other than Hawkinson. So that's why I have no issue starting both Jamal yeah. Williams and DeAndre Swift, personally. That's why I don't rage when you do it. I just think it's well, weird. Well, I just catch dubs when I do it. I mean, <laughs> 2 and oh, So Yeah, I think that conversations, like, now as we've gotten into the season and we've lost a bunch of these running backs to injury, like, it always happens. I mean, running back – depth I mean it is hard to come by and usually I mean most of my rosters are paper thin at running back so um giving your team context I'm, I'm not too afraid to fire it up but kind of like Peter said I am on the side I do think it kind of up caps your upside a little bit because you know especially with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf it's usually kind of one or the other um from uh, that's been the experience since they've both been in the NFL but you know in a pinch giving your team context can't work anything out I mean, I'm perfectly willing to fire it up because most people are going to fire them up in their starting lineup anyways on a different team. So, All right. Oh, wait, before we move on, like if you started Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in like week one, Tyler mm-hmm. Lockett had like 26 and DK had like 14. If you're getting 40 points from two receivers, I think that's pretty solid. And then the next week, Tyler Lockett had like 30-something and DK had like nine. So yeah. they're averaging then, around 40 points. And then off the back end of the year, Lockett would have like 10 and DK would have like four. Okay, well, then you just get unlucky and you lose a week. But that's two weeks compared to one. Move, move on to the bust. That's ridiculous. So we're going to go on the snake again this week. I like the snake. Uh, so I'm going to start with my bust of the week. And this guy, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, 6'4", 250, specimen, 27, stepping into his prime as a tight end. And he has never been targeted this low in his entire career. Uh, we have George Kittle. Week one, you know, you chalk it up and say, you know what? The offense is figuring itself out with the Trey Lance identity. I don't know. Five targets, four receptions. He is blessed to have had that yardage. He gets 78 yards and saves his fantasy week putting up 10 points and a half point PPR basically. And last week against a not good Philly defense, I don't care who says it's good. Their defense is terrible. Uh, He gets four targets on 100% of the snaps. That is gross. That is abysmal. I personally think Kittle is, is a great tight end but I am trying to target some of these other guys a little bit more like buying Andrews on a dip, going after Hawkinson, an owner who maybe doesn't understand what he really has in him. Uh, I, I wouldn't touch Kelsey just because of his age and his price, but 
I would be trying to find these newer guys. Like I, I just can't with the past two weeks that Kittle's been putting up. I have a bone to pick with Kyle Shanahan to start this year. <laughs> Go on. Kev, he Kev, is give it to him. He is pissing me off. So first of all, um, in our Mike Frable Dynasty League, I spent a late third round pick on Elijah Mitchell. Went through camp. He was injured early in camp. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No news. Beat reporters. Nothing. It's all Trey Sermon. It's all Brandon Ayuk. It's all Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll drop um, Elijah Mitchell. Not doing anything. Not even worth a taxi squad roster. And then he goes off. Yep. I'm also a big Brandon Ayuk owner. <laughs> Just doesn't doesn't get the ball. He's in the doghouse for. Mm-hmm whatever reason, because he was injured, even though he's had two full weeks of practice now. And he has one of the top three tight ends in the league. He refuses to throw the ball to. So I really don't know what Kyle Shanahan thinks he's doing. Um, I'm sick that he keeps getting rewarded with wins because um, nothing that he's doing is making sense, Mm -hmm. but it's working and it's annoying because it's hard to predict. And from a fantasy perspective, that you know if you're just going on luck that's not how i roll i roll on stats i roll on beat reporters i roll on uh, workout metrics and stuff like that so this just this um the whole throw it to debo and run the ball with elijah mitchell is frustrating especially if you have kittle um because Mm -hmm. the dude's got the talent he's getting up there in age um he's not the most durable tight end we know that Mm -hmm. but he can handle the target share Rumor dispelled on this podcast. False. Kittle is durable. Kittle has a bad reputation because he missed eight games last year. But the other than the eight games he missed last year, there's only two games missed. I love George Kittle. And Peter, when I mean, when I saw he was your bust, I have to agree with you. I mean, I own him in more leagues than not. I mean, it's tough, though. Like, I feel like everybody at the tight end position this year has quote unquote busted other than Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. Mark. I mean, Darren Waller too, I guess. So yeah, I guess basically just Mark Andrews hasn't lived up to it. Kittle hasn't lived up to it. Fant has looked pretty good. Um, Higby hasn't done much it, it, the tight end position in general is hard, but when you're spending a second round pick in a dynasty draft or a redraft league on George Kittle, you want that 15 to 20 points a game. You want that old George Kittle where he gets the ball. He's going to drag the defender on his back for 15 yards and then get another 15 while dragging him. I mean, that's what I want when I have George Kittle. And that's why I have him in like seven leagues. And it's just been so. <laughs> oh, I, I, own, I own George Kittle way too. Like I have an obsession with him too, but is it the hair? It's the hair. It's the nickname, the Joker. It's the Joker tattoo. I, I love it all. But like, I mean, Kevin, like you said, I got a bone to pick with him too. I know that before the season started, um, you came to me and you're like, yo, like I want Ayuk. And I was like, yeah, like Ayuk's looked really good in camp. And I made you pay a premium price. You gave me Deontay Johnson and Noah Fant for Brandon Ayuk. And right now I'm, I'm looking like highway robbery right now. So <laughs> I'm sitting pretty good. You're sitting in the caboose of the Polar Express, but that's fantasy. That's yeah. fantasy for you. And I, I do think George Kittle bounces back though. So if you can buy the dip on him, he's had a couple tough matchups. Jace, I know you have him in redraft. You're not selling mm-hmm. him, sorry, but I'll pass it to you, Jace. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Go out and buy the dip right now if you can. Uh, there are, here's a concerning stat though that I did see. This is from Jacob Gibbs. Shout out to Jacob Gibbs. Um, this is the percentage of pass plays on which tight ends stayed in the block. Um, and a high rate is bad, obviously, because they're blocking rather than running routes. Um, in the tight ends that he measured, George Kittle was by far the leader. He is blocking on 39% of pass plays right now, which is like a high rate that we're seeing right now. I mean, he's like beating out David Njoku and Tyler Conklin and all these other guys that are completely irrelevant. So that is definitely concerning. But the one thing that I will say, I do think this running game is going to slow down here eventually because they have all these running backs hurt right now. We don't even know if Elijah Mitchell is going to make it back in this game. They're bringing in carry on Johnson and all these no names. Like eventually this is going to be a pass happy offense, I think. And um, no better time to do it than the next three weeks. They got green Bay, Seattle, and then Arizona. And those project to be absolute shootouts. Um, so I think right now you go get him because I think for the next three weeks, he's going to explode. And even it, it is the, the blocking rates are definitely um, discouraging, but at the same time, he played 100% of the snaps last week and week one, 95% of the snaps. So he is out there. Um, so I, I just think it's eventually going to happen for him. They can't ignore his athletic ability and what he can do. I mean, the dude, I mean, as tight ends go, he is always like a broken tackler two away from a 70 yard touchdown. So, I mean, go for the upside. I think he'll definitely end up returning value at the end of this season and moving forward in dynasty. Yeah. Jace. Jace always, I feel like he's the, he levels heads in, in the, in the monarchy, right? <laughs> I tried Where to. Max is really high. Sometimes I'm a little bit too low on guys and, and Jace just comes in here and makes us feel better about all these players. So something that I did want to mention, uh, there's like a meme out there where it's uh, a couple guys messing around and talking about the epic highs and lows of high school football from the TV show Riverdale. Uh, I'm going to change that to Jace's boom and bust of the week, the epic highs and lows of fantasy football. Jace's boom was probably the biggest boom of the week. Jace's bust must be the biggest bust of the week, in my opinion. Go for it. Yeah, we got Clyde edwards Elaire here. And uh, this is a guy that I was kind of just banging the drum for all offseason. And unfortunately, things are not trending in the right direction. I, I'm just really stuck with him right now. Things just really aren't working out well. I do want to chalk. I, I'm trying to convince myself to chalk up that Baltimore game too. Just the fact that it turned into a shootout. And anytime that happens, Patty Mahomes, they put it on him and his arm um, and his two favorite weapons. So, you know, I wonder if they get into, you know, closer game scripts or where they're uh, maybe not closer, but closer low scoring game scripts where they're trying to ground and pound or they get up ahead so much. I think he he will see an increase in his workload and efficiency. But, you know, for now, the pass catching's not there. He had three targets a week one, zero in week two. So, I don't know. Things are just kind of falling apart. I'm really trying to, like, I'm finding it hard to find my footing in the ground behind him right now. But I do believe his value is just so low coming off this week. If you have him, you got to hold him. And honestly, if you're a rebuilder, I think this is a great time to go out there and buy it. Because at the end of the day, he is still on his rookie deal. Um, you know, he saw 72% of the snaps week one, 65 in the second game. Um, you know, I don't know. I think he's a useful piece. I still kind of want to bank on that offense. I do think he'll have his weeks. But um, I don't know. It, it just really stinks to see the first two weeks happen like this for him. I had some pretty high expectations for him. I got two things to say before I pass it to Kevin. But um, 
one, it's just fantasy football in general. It's it's a beautiful game. Um, in the offseason, Jace, I remember I offered you Ezekiel Elliott for Clyde Edwards-Alaire straight up. I was scared yep. on Zeke. And I was like, you know, I was pounding the drum with you on Clyde. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, this is going to be his year. And you're like, no, man, like I'm trying to win next year. And it's like mm-hmm. hindsight's 2020 and everything. But it's just like it's so sad to see because like you had Patrick Mahomes like pounding the table as well. being like, yo, like, yeah. let's go out. Let's get Clyde Edwards-Alaire with our first round pick after winning the Super Bowl. Like they could have had Swift, they could have had Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan they could have had <laughs> any of those running backs, and they chose Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And yeah, who knows? I mean, I th- I man, think the man who don't fumble. That's what I was gonna say. Him. First fumble in like five years or something like that, and then yeah, right when it matters, man, ball pops out. It's crazy, but I know. I mean, like coming into last year, I was I drafted him 16th overall in our dynasty startup. And I know Cav was trying to get him from me. I ended up trading to Peter. We trade a lot in our league here, but mm-hmm. I'm going to pass it to Kev because Kev is more of a rebuilder. So, Kev, like, would you be interested in trying to acquire Clyde? Definitely. Um, I see Clyde as type of a RB2 right now, but he has that upside. Anybody in that Chiefs offense who gets the volume that he has, that's upside right there. Sure, you haven't seen it the first two weeks. Um, But a big part of that, I think, is Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams Mm -hmm. is a big ceiling capper Mm -hmm. to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he is that um, Andy Reid. That's his pass blocking running back. Edwards-Hilaire is a little undersized. Not that he's a terrible pass blocker, but Williams has a little bit more size on him. Mm-hmm. And we saw even this week, he got that goal line rush. He got that touchdown. Um, so he is the reason that I'd be a little bit scared to make a move for Edward Solaire. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the talent is there. He's on a high scoring offense. You know, the Chiefs have played the Browns and the Ravens the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Those were two shootouts, a lot of passing a lot of volume going to the receivers. Mm-hmm. That's not going to continue the whole year. Kansas City has a solid defense. I'm not going to call them elite, but they have a good enough defense to where they're going to see a lot of positive game scripts moving forward, not only this year, but in the future, because we know Mahomes is locked up there for you know basically the rest of his career. For half a billion dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so those game scripts are going to start shifting in the favor of Edwards Hilaire. He's going to see more carries, more volume, especially later in games. So this is a beautiful time as a rebuilding dynasty team to go out there and make a move, mm-hmm. see, where, see where his value is. And I'd definitely be interested in adding Clyde Edwards-Alaire to my team. Yeah. So real quick, you know, I'm all about playing games and Polar Express, whatever you want to say, but, uh, I want to ask you guys a question. It's just going to be really rapid fire question. So it's either Clyde or the other running back I'm going to say. And this mm-hmm. is from a dynasty perspective. We can just go boom, boom, boom down the line. Okay. So mm-hmm. would you rather have... who goes first? Set the order. Uh, Set the uh, order, conductor, it, Max. It's going to go Jace, Peter, Kevin, because that's the order on my screen. So Clyde or Josh Jacobs? Clyde. Peter, this is a Clyde. Boom, boom, boom. Clyde. Clyde or Chris Carson? Clyde. Clyde. Definitely Clyde. 
Clyde or Miles Sanders? Clyde. 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 Okay, now, now we're going to get a little harder here because it seems like Clyde's still a pretty big favorite. Clyde or David Montgomery? Ooh, David Montgomery. Give me Montgomery. I'm going to stick with Clyde. No wow. doubt. No doubt. Clyde or Javonta Williams? Clyde. Give me Clyde. Two-game rookie. I can't take that. Give me Javante all day. Yeah, Kev's a big Javante guy. I remember trying to sneak him off you, and you were like, nah, uh, sorry, buddy. We're not even talking trades. <laughs> nope. Nope. Untouchable. Clyde or DeAndre Swift? Swift. Swift. I'd have to go Swift. The pass catching is just too much. All right. Yeah. Two two more and we can move on. Clyde or Austin Eckler, who's 26 years old? It's four uh, years give me, age difference. I'll take Clyde for the youth. Can I trade Eckler or no? <laughs> no this isn't like getting Pick your boy. Clyde. That, but that's a begrudging Clyde. I'd go Clyde too. Okay. Last one. Clyde or Travis Etienne? Clyde, Clyde, dude, that's a, that's terrible. Give me Clyde every day. I the way that that man broke his foot, it's it's yeah. not like you break that every day. He broke the bottom of the, his foot. How do you do that? Yeah, the recovery for it too. I saw some data on it. I wish I had it in front of me, but the recovery for Liz Frank surgery is the outlook for when people come back is is definitely not great. So I just from that alone, I'm going with Clyde. I'm curious what Kev has to say, though. I'm going to go with ETN. Hey, okay. I, I, would, okay. I would go with ETN, too, Kevin. I what, really would. So The pass catching do it for you? I think um, just based off of he's not even in the offense, and the amount of volume that has gone away from James Robinson is insane. Fair enough. So, yeah, fair enough. Integrating him back into that offense, they're just going to feed him. That, that's right. Yeah, I agree with that. Moving forward. We have the bus that hurt me the most, but if I talked on this, I'd, I'd be going for years. It, it wouldn't. I'd still be recording by this time next week. Here you go, Max. Just I, I don't know end where my we're suffering. At. I end don't my know suffering. where we're. Yeah, I'll end your suffering. I don't know where we're at in our time or how long I got on this one. I'll keep it short here. But my bus is Zach Wilson, uh, first like quarterback that we have really on here. Um, <laughs> I mean. I know Kevin's very high on him. I try to get him before this week. Maybe I can get him now. But um, <laughs> Zach Wilson's stats in the year are 55% completion percentage, 468 yards through two games, two touchdowns, and five interceptions with a 56.1 rating. I get it in the NFL. Yeah. P poverty, poverty. It's poverty, but it's J E T S. It's just end the suffering. That's right. So I mean the shirts were out in full force. Just end the suffering shirts. No doubt. I'm gonna keep it quick. I mean, I'm more focusing on a super flex here. I don't know. They, they, they must know something we don't, the general managers, or maybe they're trying to be the smartest guy in the room. But if you're taking Zach Wilson over guys like Justin Fields and Trey Lance, you got to see something that I don't because right now I'm just not seeing it. I get that he doesn't have all these weapons and doesn't have George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Ayuk, and doesn't have Allen Robinson. But he's got Corey Davis, who was the number one draft pick. Elijah Moore is supposed to be pretty good. Jameson Crowder did pretty well last year supposedly according to our dynasty monarchy peter had a good offensive line until i don't know becton got hurt but 
four interceptions starting off the game, 0 for 2. I mean, that's very concerning to me. I get you're a rookie, but having five interceptions through two games, see where you keep on that pace. The man's going to break the interception record. So let's <laughs> hope he doesn't do that. But I am uh, right now out on Zach Wilson. And uh, that's about all I got to say for that one. I was at the game. It was, I was reporting from Twitter. And if you do want to follow the Twitter, uh, at Dynasty Monarchy for the show, but mine is, I think it is PCAT underscore DMP. Uh, but I was uh, live tweeting the game, and, man, it was embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. And something that I did mention on Twitter was I think three of them, three of the picks were forced either through, like, double coverage or triple coverage to Corey Davis. So, mm-hmm. you know, the silver lining, there's always a silver lining in everything. Corey Davis is going to keep getting fed the ball every like that's the security blanket through and through he's going to keep getting fed the ball but we're here to talk about Zach Wilson for two seconds I will wrap up he's a rookie he played against Bill Belichick's defense and we know what's going on with that it was still terrible but I'm going to give him probably the entire year before I'm really making my decision on whether he's I'm not going to say great whether he's viable or not yeah no I feel the same way I'd be willing to go out and buy him cheap in Superflex because I I do think he's going to be cheap I don't know how often you're going to be able to use him this year necessarily but if this is Dynasty we're talking you know I, I do think I believe in his arm talent and you know it's his first year in the NFL um, and on top of that, he's got a, a first-year head coach. So I just think it's going to take a while for this thing to kind of mesh and, uh, and work out. So, yeah, I'm playing the patience uh, part with Peter uh, as well. I'm going to have to agree. Uh, I'm a Zach Wilson Superflex Dynasty owner, um, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm holding. For sure. Because I believe, I believe in the arm talent. Uh, I believe that they're going to surround him with some actual talent here coming up soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, quick side note, by Elijah Moore. 24% totally. snap or uh, target share last week. By Elijah Moore. None of you um, guys can because I own him in every single I, dynasty league. I haven't even attempted. I've seen him. I'm like, I want him. But I haven't even attempted an offer because I know it's just – it's like a Kev's Javante Williams. I know he's just locked away in a cage and the keys thrown somewhere that – you know, you probably don't even know where it is. <laughs> That's fine. I ate the keys, and then uh, there's someone in the sewer system right now. Good, <laughs> gross. I don't want to touch the key now. That's gross. Yeah, you can keep them, Peter. He can rot in your dungeon. Uh, so, last but not least, we have our bust candidate from our special guest himself. Uh, I'm from Philly, uh, and I know anybody who owns this man is honorably from Philly. So, yeah, we're talking about Devontae Smith. Um, I'll, I'll try and keep this short. It was just a bummer of a week. Um, two catches, 16 yards, 3.6 PPR points. Really hoping that he would slot in as like a wide receiver two after that big first week that he had. And it was just straight up disappointment this week. I own him in redraft. I have high hopes from this season. Um, and it just didn't pan out this week. I think a big reason for that is the arm talent of Jalen Hurts. We saw it last year. Week one, he kind of dispelled a little bit, 
but uh, we really saw it in action this week. He is not a talented thrower of the football. He's a great game manager. He can run the ball well. He can move the ball down the field. He takes his deep shots once and again, but he's not a very accurate passer in general. He hit only 52% um, on his throws this week. He was 12 for 23, 190 yards, no touchdowns. And we all know we had that Quez Watkins 91-yard reception. <laughs> so if you take that away, he's under 100 passing yards on the yikes. day. That is mm-hmm. that is yikes. I have yikes yeah. written here in my notes. <laughs> um, Jared Goff threw for like 400 versus the Niners. Hey, bro, right. Lamar, Lamar barely throws anything, and everybody tells me how great Lamar is. I'm on the Hurts. I'm not an uh, Eagles fan, but I'm on the Hurts bandwagon. In fantasy, Ooh. definitely. I like Hurts. Yeah. I mean, he was still able to score over 20 points this week, even with you know his noodle arm and his inability to hit any of his receivers. This is so disrespectful. You know, if Devontae Smith had a quarterback who would get him the ball a little bit more accurately, it would be to the moon with Devontae Smith. I mean, he's had... Um, the target share has been there in both games, eight targets in week one, seven targets in week two. He's playing on over 85% of the snaps. He played 87 week one, 84% in week two. Um, he is their alpha number one X receiver. He play, He's played 91 of his snaps out wide, 19 in the slot, and he's had one in the backfield. <laughs> you know, the guy. They want him to be the guy in Philly, and he can be. I just don't know if Jalen Hurts will allow him to be. Um, So again, if you own Devontae Smith, I'd hold because of those peripheral numbers, those targets, the Mm -hmm. he's seeing the field early in his career, something that you don't always see with rookie receivers. Um, You just got to hope that Jalen can figure it out and hopefully that chemistry can bring them some better, um, some more receptions. Um, But the talent is there you got to hold on to Devonte Smith as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Kev, I just, I hate to see you or hear you say that. Cause I was going to make you an offer live on the air as well <laughs> for Devonta Smith in a redraft league. But if you're holding, I understand. You know, I'm always all ears. That's fair. That's what I figured you'd say. All right. So I was thinking he's being polite. He's being polite. His <laughs> mother being, taught him better. Yeah. I was being polite. Kev. Like, I mean, would you rather have Devonta Smith or Robbie Anderson? Oh, oh Devonte Smith. Oh, oh, Kev. All right, Devonte. <laughs> In redraft, quit, quit, quit trying to ship the bag. Kevin, would you rather have Josh Allen and Robbie Anderson, or Justin Herbert and Devonta Smith? Do I also get Teddy Bridge? You already own Teddy Bridge, Kevin. Right. He's my he's my backup for Herbert, so I'll take Herbert Bridge and. Devonte, you're keeping Herbert and Devonta. Oh yeah, I like oh. that too. I think that's you. <laughs> Herbert's been me. quite unlucky lately, getting touchdowns called back and the such. The yardage and the volume itself is there for him. Quick little note: Devonta Smith is playing. He's played 87 percent of the snaps in Week One and 84 percent of the snaps in Week Two. Like Kev said, eight targets in Week One, seven in Week Two. The volume's there. He's just got you know he's got to have catchable targets. Um, to you know he's he's always kind of been a yards after the catch kind of guy that's what he was in college you get it put in his hands and he makes things happen so um, I think you know right now the talent will eventually win out for sure and uh, I think if anything you you hold like Kev said if you own him but I would go try to get him like Max is doing because his next 
Listen to this stretch no, of games. Don't don't even tell the listeners. Listen to this stretch Kevin. of games. Here we go. Dallas, Kansas City, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Vegas, Detroit, and then the Chargers. Like, holy points. like a no-fly zone to me, oh, man. Like, these are either shootouts or they're getting blown out. And both of those scenarios means he's just going to be a target monster. So, I just like a lot of these guys that we're talking about, for the most part with these bus guys, go out there and buy low. I think they'll eventually return value if not exceed it. So, this is a great buy low target in my mind. Well, not anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's the lone Philly native now that Max has moved away. And for all of our listeners, I'm shedding a tear right now. Uh, no, I, I think Devonta's good. Uh, he might really finish as the number one wide receiver for that class uh, this year and for years to come. It's going to be a race between him and Chase, really. I really don't see Waddle doing much, like I said in the last episode. What about uh, Rondale? I don't see Rondale playing. Got to get those snaps up first. Exactly. No, but it's going to be a race to the finish for those two rookies uh, for both this year and next year. Uh, So if you can try to buy the baby little dip that happened this week, I would 1 million percent do it. Actually, speaking about that, I'm probably going to go send out some feelers. For sure. Nick Nick, has them. I was just thinking about it. So let's mm-hmm. let's transition to the trade the trade targets now, Peter. The segments here. So you want to kick us off there? Yeah, really quick before we get to trade, I did want to say thank you again, to all of our listeners. Give us a follow uh, on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a rating, five stars again, the only acceptable one. Uh, so if you do that, and I know it seems like it really doesn't help, but it really does. It helps us get motivated to do the show a little bit more, put more time, more prep in, but it also helps us see where we can do things better. If you leave us a review or shoot us a text, if you have our phone numbers uh, or if you shoot us a DM on Twitter. And again, the Twitter is at dynasty monarchy. So just stay connected, stay in touch with all of us. uh, And we're going to be here to help you win your league and hashtag rule your league for years to come. That's right. Uh, Without further ado, we're going to be getting into our, Mike Vrabel league. And I know some listeners out there don't understand what that means. Uh, Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans went to uh, one of the high schools that a lot of people from our league went to. So we just named the uh, league after him in honor. Uh, I did not attend the high school. I think I'm the lone soldier. Uh, Am I the only guy that didn't go to Walsh? No, Mr. Science and Austin Outer Tween did not go. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm a quarter of the league that didn't attend Walsh Jesuit High School in, in Ohio. Shout out. Yeah, uh, shout out. But it is as uh, conservative a league as you can take, meaning uh, the structure of it. With uh, one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, one flex, kicker, and a defense. Uh, and it's all half point PPR. So it's as standard a league as anybody can work off of. And that's why it's really the big boy league that everybody cares about. For sure. Uh, so first I wanted to ask Kev uh, about his trade scenario and describe his team a little bit. Right. So I am in full rebuild mode. Uh, I try to pick up young talent and picks. So you know, I'm just looking through my starting lineup. I have, you know, Kirk Cousins at quarterback, Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, Chris Godwin, Jalen Waddle, the Penguin himself, um, 
Adam Troutman, James Robinson, those type of guys in my lineup. So obviously, you know, I'm not coming out every week projected more points than my opponent coming out to win, even though I got a big upset this week over <laughs> Mr. Max's team, which was huge. So I don't go um, defeated this year. I got that <laughs> win under the belt, so I'm good. Um, but, you know, I have two first round picks in 2022 and I have two first round picks coming up in 2023 as well. So I'm looking to add that young talent. And the one guy on my team, that I have um, looked at and seen, okay, now might be a good time to deal is Mr. Kirk Cousins himself. You like that? I like that. I'm trying to <laughs> deal him out of here. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, Kev, give me a you like. You like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, he just doesn't fit the mold of my team. Um, the age is getting up there. He's not a viable rushing quarterback. All of his fantasy points comes from throwing. Sure, he has one of the top receiving rooms in the league, but um, from a rebuilding perspective, I'd rather flip him for some capital, some draft picks, preferably two second rounders. I think a first round in a non-superflex um, league, like we said, one quarterback, is going to be a little too much. So I think if I could get two second rounders from somebody who maybe is panicking, maybe they have Justin Herbert, maybe they have Dak Prescott, maybe they had, you know, any of these guys who are struggling, a Matt Ryan, um, mm -hmm. guys who have struggled early in the season. Look at Kirk Cousins. He has two um, 22, 20 or more point games to start the season. Um, and I feel like second round picks, people throw those out for basically nothing if they're getting an actual player right now. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's definitely doable for my team. And um, I would look to add those two seconds for Kirk Cousins. JB? Uh, yeah, no, I think that makes complete sense, especially looking at your team context I'm looking at right now. He failed to mention some of these fantastic depth pieces that he has as well. He has a uh, Trey Lance as the backup quarterback. So, uh, massive upside. Kirk's eventually going to have to get out of the way um, in his starting lineup. And then he's also got um, Tony Jones, Jamar Jefferson, Henry Ruggs. He's got Ayuk chilling down there uh, and Darnell Mooney on the bench, Deshaun Watson chilling on the IR. I mean, Cam Akers on the IR, Bateman on the IR. So like this dude's filled up with all kinds of young talents. So absolutely just given his team context, go out there and go get some draft picks for him. If someone wants to flip him for a player, I don't know, like kind of like what you're saying in a single quarterback league with 12 guys, quarterbacks are relatively plentiful. So I don't know how many people are going to give up a player uh, from a skill position for him. But um, I think two seconds is a perfect asking point for someone who needs him. And I don't think you'll have any trouble pulling that, pulling that off. Um, and, then, and then down the road, especially just since we're talking about that league specifically, a second round pick would have got you Elijah Moore in our league. So, I mean, I'm <laughs> Uh, you couldn't, you, yeah, I there's was, no I way. I was thinking about grabbing him in the early second. I was going to grab him in the first. I had the 108. And I, if I would have been there, I would have grabbed him in the first, like completely honest. But um, no, I mean, if you tried to send Kirk Cousins over for Elijah Moore right now, like that would get declined so fast. No one wants to do that deal. So right now, when there's no names oh, attached to the draft picks, go out there and get them. They're dirt cheap right now, especially right at the start of the season when everyone's scoring points and feeling like they're competing. Jace, you want to kick us off with your trade scenario? 
Oh, yeah. So I think I kind of talked about this earlier, so I'm going to keep mine pretty quick. I have Cooper Cup on this team. Actually, let me pull up my roster. I'm, I've always been intimidated by Max's team, which you'll hear him list off in a little bit. So I'm kind of caught in the middle of rebuilding and somewhat competing. I don't have my own draft pick, so I don't really care about my record. Um, but I have Kyler Murray, CEH, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, TJ Hawkinson, Cortland Sutton. Um, and then I have Pollard, Dylan, Fuller, T. Higgins, um, and Curtis Samuel on IR. And don't forget about my boy Hunter Renfro on the taxi squad. You'll be hearing his name that on some waiver man, wire shows. That man uh, got annihilated. He always does. Dude, I he swear. always does. I heard oh the crunch, God. like the, the boom guy who was, you know, they hold that thing that looks like a UFO uh, <laughs> to get the sound. He must have like, he must have the most advanced boom. I heard that man's ribs crunch dude. when he got hit over the middle this week. I sent a message earlier in the league chat. You got to bake in like 20 extra yards to Hunter Renfro's uh, yards after the catch because every time he gets hit, all 185 pounds uh, of his body just go flying like a rag doll. It's actually quite funny to see. Hope he stays healthy because he's my boy, White Lightning. Shout out to Peter for the nickname. But anyways, I got Cooper Cup. And unfortunately, he's he is the oldest dude on my team that's a legit a fantasy asset and while I do think for the next three years he can definitely hold his value I just think right now um, this is like the biggest time for overreactions so you know right now the dude's like the wide receiver two or something like that I mean uh, 10 catches for or seven receptions for 108 and one week one nine catches for 163 and two week two the dude's at his absolute peak this was best case scenario so I'm just trying to flip him for a young wide receiver um, right now, I'm just trying to send him straight up for a couple guys. I, I don't know if it'll happen, um, but I'm looking at A.J. Brown, who struggled um, the past couple weeks. I, I definitely think he's going to bounce back. I mean, I'm calling the shot now. I think he's definitely a future Hall of Famer. I know that might be a little bold to say, but A.J. Brown, Hall of Fame, book it. You heard it here. Um, but him, Justin Jefferson, if people are giving away at that dip, um, and they think her cousin's pass attempts might decrease, and they're worried about Adam Thielen uh, being the fountain of youth and catching all the touchdowns. But um, I would just try to go get someone 25 and younger that's a top 10 talent right now, if I could. Um, just for my team right now, I'm just trying to delay uh, my competing window just a year or two until Max's guys uh, plant their butts in their wheelchairs and walkers. So uh, we will see what happens until then. Joe Mixon sounds nice. See, unfortunately, Joe Mixon's 25. And, uh, he's 25, be, huh? He's you know, made a glass. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I think I might just wait and see. But uh, that is enticing because Mixon, I mean, he's really um, changed his Mixon. fantasy trajectory over the past couple uh, months and especially last two weeks. Peter, how about you go? Uh, really quick for two seconds for Jace. I, mm -hmm. I feel like the people in our league specifically mm -hmm. wouldn't do that, but I know yeah. some people in other leagues, 100% would. That's, that's uh, what I'm thinking. The people in our league, for some reason, have an irrational love for their players and are so scared to trade <laughs> anybody at any time. There's, there are a few players in this league, like me with Elijah Moore, like I'm like, I will ride him to zero because I got him for next to nothing. So it's fine with me, right? 
But these guys, they just they just hold on to these players. Like I think Jonathan Taylor, you might have to give up your whole team, oh, and he'd still oh say no. <laughs> Some people are just scared to lose players, uh, and that is something that you're gonna have to deal with, uh, and it, it's frustrating. Uh, but sooner or later, you're almost happy that you didn't trade for them because you realize how much you'd be giving up. But I think yeah. that's a hundred percent fair trade for those guys, Jace. Yeah, I, you might be able to pull it off. If the guy, if you're a competitor, I mean, actually, I believe A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson. If you're a competitor, I'm probably staying in pat with those guys anyways. I'm probably not taking Cooper Cup straight up in a dynasty format. But if you find the right competitor that looks at those first two games and just completely buys in that, you know, this Cup Stafford connection is legit. I mean, by all means, send it out there, throw out some feelers. Uh, you might have to just throw a little bit more on top. You never know. But um yeah, no, I actually, I was saying that he's going to go crazy after this next week. I just took another look. He plays Tampa this upcoming week, Arizona, and then Seattle. So, you know, we might have Cooper Cup pulling what he did two years ago when he was the wide receiver one through like the first like six, seven, eight weeks. So, you know, you might, I might be able to hold on to him for a little bit longer. And, you know, then once people see that consistency over about five weeks, that, that uh, trade might be a lot easier to pull off. Yeah, uh, I'm going to move into my trade, uh, and we have a little surprise for the listeners. Right before the show, a couple hours, Max and I had a, a nuclear deal. Some would say this is a league trajectory shifting deal uh, in our Mike Vrabel league. I've always been a competitor. I had a really good team last year, and I overtraded, which is a big with, thing. With who? With you. Um, <laughs> others with Max amongst others. Uh, I did overtrade a hundred percent. It's on me. I learned my lesson. Uh, I had by far and away the best team and I uh, let it fall through my fingers. And I've been in this weird limbo all summer with wanting to compete versus wanting to tear it all down, much like Jace. Uh, and today I decided that I am going to be sitting firm in the young it's a thing I'm going to, I guess I'll trademark it. It's the young competitor form uh, of yes, team. Totally. Uh, I am 100% a young compete team. Uh, so here's the trade that happened today. Let me pull it up. So I gave up, gave up Matt Stafford, Jarvis Landry, Mike Williams, who's had two great weeks. Who knows? And he's still young enough that 26 can keep this up. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Chubb, which was the big piece, Russell Gage, and a third rounder. I'm telling you that this was the nuke. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a whale of a trade. Some would say our entire teams are in this trade. Uh, and then on the back end. So in exchange for Chubb, I basically got Antonio Gibson in the running back department uh, and JD McKissick. Uh, and then in the wide receiver department, I got Deontay Johnson Brian Edwards, and then at quarterback, I got Dak Prescott. So I know it, it's kind of messed up uh, how you're understanding it. So basically it's Stafford for Dak, uh, Landry, Mike Williams for Deontay Johnson and Brian Edwards, and then Nick Chubb and Russell Gage for Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. Uh, and then there was a third round, third rounder sprinkled in there. So I basically sent all my older guys away to Max, who does have a Thanos-level squad. Uh, Max, if you want to list off your, your full team really quick so people can understand. 
Yeah, I mean, my st- my <laughs> my starters are Matt Stafford, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, George Kittle, and then I get to pick who I want to start at the flex, and right now I'm starting Joe Mixon, so it's pretty scary. Um, I definitely have uh, gotten Peter with a couple of good trades, but that team somehow lost this past week to Kevin's team, so I'm one and one, but I'm not really panicking with McCaffrey, McCaffrey, Chubb, and Mixon, Devontae, Kittle, DK. So, I mean, it's a it's a twelve man league, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's almost making us look like we play with a bunch of scrubs. But I like to trade. <laughs> I like to talk. So I got Max, that team. Max has just gotten one percent better every day. He's made a good trade every day. I'm always pounding on the door, man. Like if you're in a dynasty league and the off season is constant, right? Like for me personally, like I'm always pounding on that door. I'm always trying to get better. Like I probably hit up literally Peter, Kevin and Jace once a day at least. And they probably hate seeing my name come up on the phone, but even that team, like I look at it, like I can still get better. I mean, you never settle in life, never settle with your fantasy team and just keep pounding on those doors. That was your trade. I want to trade George Kittle and Kenny Galladay because I have the depth to do it and try to get Kelsey. But mm-hmm. the guy that has Kelsey, Austin, uh, outer tween or whatever his name is, he's not going to give me um, <laughs> Travis Kelsey. So I think it's Otterbine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I, call him, head, yeah. <laughs> I call him outer tween because he doesn't trade with me and laughs my offers, but I can't wait to squash his little team. So what's worse, getting laughed at by a girl? Or getting laughed at a trade offer. Oh, the trade I, offer! By I feel like the trade offer. A hundred oh, percent trade dude. offer. It's pretty bad. So, like if you walk up to a girl and you know she laughs at you and says to get away, like you never got to see her again. Like exactly. these league mates are forever. Dude, yeah, once that message is in the the sleeper board, like it's there forever, and you start seeing those laughing emojis come up. Oh dude, baby, and then that the does not start rolling. Good. Oh man, start coming in. Yeah, not a great time. Make good trades, uh, people. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a good trade for you. You're, you just listed off your team. Like, you're ready to make the final push. You have the depth to get the, the best tight end in football. I mean, the dude might – Kelsey might catch a touchdown every single game this year and go over 100 yards. Like, he looks unstoppable right now. So, it makes perfect sense for where you're at. So, any competitors, if you have a similar lineup structure, go get the man, Kelsey. He's probably relatively cheap from a dynasty perspective from the right person, given his age. Um, and uh, consistency of health over the past five years or so. All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, getting through the gauntlet of trades with us. Uh, Once a week podcast, we like to take it a little longer. We're going to take it just a little bit longer, a couple more minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And usually we have our, you know, quote from a a fellow monarch. uh, But this week we're going to give it to a special guest. And I've seen Kev's quote ahead of time. It is it's pretty good, and it definitely relates to uh, what we've been talking about today. Yeah, so we're talking about trades. Um, this quote comes from a queen from a much cooler land. Um, that's going to be <laughs> Queen Elsa from Frozen. So we're bringing this <laughs> over to Disney. You know, we got monarchs all over the place. This is true. Uh, so the quote that I'm looking at is, a bridge has two sides. So we're when we talk about trading, you're talking about, you know, you have two sides, you know, you can 
have a three-way trade, four-way trade. If you're on the sleeper, you can do a 12-team trade if everybody's really down for it. That's Max's um, dream. That's Max's oh dream. That is my dream. <laughs> but um, it's really important when you're looking to improve your team, you got to think about the person that you're trading with. Because otherwise, if you're just sending out things saying, oh, this is going to improve my team, you know, I'll dump off uh, RB2 for... Uh, this RB1 over here, and maybe I'll toss in like a flex guy. Like, no one's taking that. Um, so you got to be a little bit realistic. The best trades are going to help both teams. You don't have to win every trade unless your name is Max. Um, <laughs> this is so false. <laughs> I'll roast him. Kevin, you see, you see what I'm saying really quick. Two seconds. Everyone always says that I give the worst trades and that I always do X, Y, and Z. But then you look at Max's team. And again, he doesn't just trade with me. Oh yeah, everybody. And everybody mm-hmm. thinks I'm the villain. Everyone right. thinks I'm the villain in the league. Look at how his team got like that. Dude, Kevin's beating me week two. It's anyone's league. As, <laughs> as he says with the biggest smirk on his face. Um, so like, like I said, you know, you might win or lose a trade once in a while if you want to pay up to get an elite player. Or if you need, you know, if you need to swap one for two, your lineup's looking a little short. You want to trade an elite guy for two solid guys like that. But um, most trades you want to do to keep your league competitive, to keep everybody involved, and to improve your team and the team of the guy you're trading with. Um, you want to look at, you want to look for something that you want from their team, and look for a spot that they might need to fill in their squad as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they're short on running backs and you have a surplus of RB2s, but you might only have like two startable receivers, that would be a time to, you know, offer up maybe um, one of those RB2s for a higher level receiver, because obviously running backs are more scarce um, than receivers mm-hmm. there. But you want to mix and match the players that you got with the team that you're trading with so that both teams can benefit from that deal. So, um, you know, that's what we got from our fellow monarch, Queen Elsa. Any final thoughts on Peyton Manning broadcast, boom bust, <laughs> trades? Just send me a trade. It will probably get happen. It'll probably happen. So, yeah, Dynasty Monarchy, Megalobowl, whatever, man. Yeah, we're in Wherever the, we're in the Megalobowl. That's we're right. in first place in the Megalobowl. We're the, the monarchs overall. We are crushing at the moment yeah, we have tyler lockett and cooper cup i'm pretty Woo! sure and, and russell wilson <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. all right everybody thanks for tuning into the show this week again follow us on apple pod spotify wherever you get your podcasts even if you're listening to it on a record player somehow find a way to get us in there uh you can follow us on twitter at dynasty monarchy our associated handles are in the bio again don't forget to rule your league love you guys peace Peace. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.